Welcome to another episode of Said Your Nan, a podcast tackling the stigma of men's mental health. Proudly presented by On The Men Charity. My name is James. And my name is Stuart. We're just two guys that got together to raise awareness on men's mental health. During these episodes, we will talk about important issues facing men and their mental health. We are by no means professional and the opinions in this podcast are our own, but please feel free to join in the conversation. Each episode will see us discuss different topics to help everyone better understand the ways that men deal or don't with their mental health. Overall, our aim is to get people talking. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very well, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Sun's been out, so if the sun's out, I'm a happy person. Sun's out, bum's out, right? I try not to do that too much, you know, get the neighbours talking and all that. Oh, did you mean uh, like bread buns, sorry? <laughs> no, 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 exactly what you said, exactly what you said. <laughs> I just walked around my back uh, going, buns out. You, you may have you may have escaped up north, but all of the photo photos on the local um, neighbourhood watch pages are you prancing around in a thong. So yeah, <laughs> with my with my ass cheeks out as you do. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. Ah, oh, so what you've been doing with yourself? What's um what's this week had in store for you? Uh what has this week had in store? It's a good question. So um, we went and attended an event in Birmingham for uh, women in tech. Uh, which was really, really good. Really enjoyed doing that. So I got got to be the, uh, in inverted commas, expert on their uh, panel talking about <laughs> mental health in the workplace. So uh, That is how you were described. That was indeed. was indeed. Much to my surprise. So, uh, <clears throat> But no, I'll I'll take that. Thank you very much. Um, it was a good yeah, session. I no, really enjoyed doing that session. session. Yeah. Mm, definitely. Definitely. It was really nice to kind of network and chat to some of the people as well and hear their, their stories and where they've been and what they've done and how they came into tech. So that was... Uh, that was really, really good. Uh, what else has been going on? Uh, I passed my six-month milestone for uh, my sobriety. I'm going to clap. Which was, uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to clap. Sorry, I was going to clap, but it sounds like I'm doing something else. So I'm just going to virtually yeah, go. Yeah, well please, done. Please don't clap. And please don't clap. I'll clap yeah. in my head. Yeah. <laughs> no, well done. Really, really good. Thank you. Yeah. So that um, that drew a line under it for me, really. So I um, I got to six months, and I decided to uh, end it there. Um, I'd had a bottle of wine saved up for the last six months. I was going to crack open and uh, enjoy mm. when I got to that point. So I absolutely did that. And uh, I had a glass and thought, eh, do you know what? This isn't, wasn't, it wasn't as uh, amazing as I dreamt it would be. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was all right. Don't get me wrong. But it, it used to be my favorite wine that I would, you know, regularly drink probably three bottles a week of, you know, um, and uh, it was all right, don't get me wrong, you know, but kind of drunk that glass and didn't go, oh, I need another glass or I need anything else, which I didn't. Um, and then last night went out for a couple of beers with a friend and again, you know, I drunk two and a half pints and then switched back to the zero alcohol stuff because I just thought this, I'm not, you know, this isn't doing anything for me really. And what was the difference when you switched back to the zero alcohol stuff? How different was it from the stuff that you were drinking? Well, you, 
Well, I suppose actually I lie. It is different, right? So I was drinking, you know, the, the two the two pints I had was John Smith's. Um, All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, switched to a, the Heineken Zero, which, you know, I've been living off of for the last six months. Um, yeah, I just felt after two pints, it was like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go any further than that because, you know, let's face it, I got zero tolerance for alcohol now after six months of uh, of having nothing and uh, didn't really want to be a burden on my friend to have to carry me home, you know? So, uh, um, but that's, you know, for me, that's, that's it now. I'm not, I'm not intending to drink any more now um, until probably when I go on holiday at the end of July, I might have a glass or two while I'm away. So um, I'm certainly not getting back into old habits. I think the good thing is for you now is you're in control, aren't you, by the sounds of it? It's like you can go not interested if you really need to, rather than going, do you know what, I'll just have another two or three glasses. Yeah, yeah. I think there wasn't that um, dopamine hit that I was expecting from yeah from going back to it. Um, which oh, is good. good I, feel, I feel a lot more in control. Um, and but it was it was a real struggle. So you know, I opened that bottle of wine and I poured a glass and I just sat with it for ages in my hand. And you know, subconsciously, I guess I was thinking, do I really want to blow six months of sobriety with this glass of wine? Um, which is was mad. You know, I didn't, I wasn't, I never intended to give up alcohol permanently. It was always a you know giving myself a break and a chance to recover. Uh, not mentally but probably physically on my body and stuff um but yeah still had those thoughts when it came to it mm. you've done so well for six months yeah. and you've <clears throat> you've not really gone down that route of even trying it or doing anything with it and this you've got to that uh, point and gone what am i doing what am i doing but actually for you like you said before it's never alcohol was never a dirty word for you it wasn't like you were reaching well I mean, you don't know how it would go but you weren't you weren't an alcoholic as such you know I mean, there was no there was a level of dependency on alcohol for you but you, like you wouldn't be drinking it through the day whilst you're at work mm. or finding reasons to escape and drink it stuff like that so i think that six months has helped you reset that the your boundaries for alcohol like now actually i don't need to have yes. larger amounts of it of an evening and that's what it makes you healthier makes you happier makes you slightly richer right so all those things are good I don't know about Richer with the cost of living, right? You know, rise again. I was chatting to my friend last night about this. According to the the I Am Sober app, I saved over a grand in that six months in terms of alcohol. But actually, you know, with everything going up 10, 15% in price, that, that saving has yeah. just absolutely been swallowed up. Like everybody else is suffering yeah. at the moment, you know, with just with replaced one replaced one cost with another effectively, except you're not getting anything out of the cost of living, are you? That's the problem. No, apart from shafted. Oh, sorry, that's <laughs> something I've heard you like a lot of, so we're not going to go into that. <laughs> Allegedly, all right. Allegedly. Allegedly, it was on those forums again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. What were you doing there? Just sneaking in the background as usual. Just check, checking out my arse cheeks and the thong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Pixelated face and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's enough of me waffling on. How's your time been? Yeah, not too bad. It's been pretty good. I mean, like I say, the sun's out, so it makes me a much happier person. So things like cars get cleaned and gardens get mowed and all that sort of shit. So, you know, recently bought a uh, a petrol mower. That's a first for me, even in my ripe old age of 45. Bought a petrol mower. Best bit ever happened after that was the fact that my other half went, I'll just go get the extension cable. <laughs> <I'm not sure. laughs> 
if I should really say that because she's had a lot of bashing on here for stuff like that. But yeah, that was that was quality. But she did realise after she'd said it almost immediately. So, I mean, this is becoming a regular section of the show, right? It is. Like I said, it will need a theme tune soon. Yeah. <laughs> like Betty Hill or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, um, just enjoying the sun. Been over to the beach a couple of times, you know, just to... to you know, I went to Cleethorpes, right? And it, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a stark contrast from going locally in Kent down to somewhere like Hastings or to Dimchurch. Not, not 100 million miles away in terms of the way that it is. But honestly, you know, I've not been to Cleethorpes in maybe 15 years. I'm going to go with 15 years. And the last time I went there, I don't remember it being such a holiday destination. And I got there at the weekend and there was reams and reams of arcades down the um, down the front. There were donkey rides. There was a pier with an incredible fish and chip shop. On. Honestly, I sent you a picture of the fish, didn't I? You absolutely did send me a picture of your plate, yeah. Um, and it was, you know, <laughs> pretty much as big as you, to be fair. I think if you'd held that <laughs> really piece of fish up against your head, it was the size of your head. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. Um, but no, good place. Yeah. Good place to go. Nice. It was nice and relaxing. A little windy, but really, really good. Uh, the, the air, not me. Keythorps. Um But yeah, good. So that was me, really. It's been quite relaxing. Just It's quite exhausting because we've travelled a lot over the last couple of weeks, haven't we, generally as well. There's been a lot of up and down the country and a lot of... Um, different offices, so it's. I think I'm just I'm just a little tired. I think, which I always say, but that's probably just age. Um, other I, than I, that, I hear that. Good. I, I think you know. Look at. I know it's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded, so you know, go back. Uh, not last week, week before, we we made a real concerted effort to start hitting the gym again, and done really well that week. And then last week was just a complete write off because of the amount of travelling we were doing. Um, yeah. But on that note of the gym, actually, is I've done a lot more. I've been put, making a lot more effort to walk places now that I would usually get the car to go to. So I'll take a walk up to the local um, supermarket, or I tend to, where I can, I'll walk to and from the station. So I've fallen into some old habits every now and again. If the other half says I'll just drop to the station, because um, I don't have my car with me this week, so. Um, I was going to say not to also, piss on your bonfire, but you don't physically have your car. <laughs> I don't. I don't physically have my car. It is true, um, but um, but yeah. So I feel like I'm I'm keeping up the steps a little bit, which is good. So I'm trying to keep that going. Um, I've got my weights here, but I haven't really started doing much with them yet. But it is. I just need to keep on top of it because I have. You know, I've absolutely piled on the weight, and I've almost got back to where I was back at the beginning of last year. You know, mm. I'm half a stone away from that, and that doesn't that doesn't make me feel happy at all in the slightest. But after weighing myself yesterday, it's going back in the right direction. So, um, yeah. Is good. that after you dropped the kids anyway. in the pool? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Exactly that. And shaved my entire body. <laughs> <laughs> anything to shave a bit off, as they say. That's it, yeah. Just anything at all. It's just my head, my eyebrows. Like, you know, go, what the just taking a finger or two off. Do you, do you know the other thing we should call out, actually? Um, let's let's do a little shout out to our friends at uh, Harrison Hall in Ashford. So, uh, well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We were we were we were sitting in there the other day having a coffee, and uh, mm-hmm. the guy who runs it, Lee. He came over to us and went, "You two guys work in IT, don't you?" Yes, we do. Yeah, could you help us out? <laughs> so <laughs> it ended up ensuing with probably a three-hour event of you and I completely mapping out the infrastructure in this uh, coffee shop. 
to work out what had gone wrong. Their internet had gone down. Uh, they weren't able to take any card payments. They were relying on cash only, and, and Sky couldn't send somebody out for like a week. So, uh, yeah, we rolled our sleeves up, we got stuck in, and we got it fixed. That was good fun, actually. That just takes me back to those days when we actually did do engineering. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, really, really good. I think I pretty much know the entire ins and outs of that network now and how it works. Yeah, absolutely. Well, everything is patched into how it all hangs together. And, uh, exactly. You know, yeah. if, you, if you unplug yep. this cable, we know exactly what it's going to do. Exactly. No, that was good. That was good stuff. And the coffee is always very good there as well. And the staff are It lovely. is indeed. Yeah. That's yeah, why we go absolutely. back. Absolutely. The staff totally are agree. just lovely. Yep. Definitely. Right, so this week we're going to have a chat about, uh, well, that, as the episode suggests, we've called it Only Nans, but it's not just about uh, Only Fans. I think, you know, we'll, we'll we'll cover a bit of a broad spectrum about uh, pornography, about uh, things that are available on the internet. We can talk a bit about uh, strip clubs, lap dancing, uh, escorts, um, and how that all wraps together in terms of the impact on mental health, both negative and positive because i think there are probably some positives for some people um so yeah let's uh let's get cracking excellent good yeah I mean, obviously the episode sounds like some sort of real niche love or fetish doesn't it Specific well we did talk about that like... didn't we when we we're doing the planning do we set yeah. a little platform up called only nans you know for for those lonely grannies in your area get the grannies out there yeah <laughs> No oh dear, Nan's love um, too. Nan's need love too. Yeah, God. and there's a there's a funny joke there somewhere. I was working with a, a company many years ago, and they were uh, they were getting spammed by a cyber attack. And I'll just never forget getting an email from their CEO going, "I appreciate ITA doing everything they can to resolve my issue. However, I'm getting fed up uh, with emails being delivered to me talking about lonely grannies in my area and what they'd like to do to me." <laughs> <laughs> Coolsy was worried about it. Coolsy didn't. Yeah, that's right. That's it. right. He was more worried that the that's links were email, working yeah. in the emails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless him. So, so, okay. So, where do we want to start then? So, let's start. I guess you know, you and I are of a certain age. Um, what was kind of uh, your first experience of pornography? I guess growing up. <laughs> Uh, do you know, for me, it was it wasn't so much pornography. It was it was more like because I mean, I would have been my early teens, probably. Um, a flash of the ankle, was, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how old I am. Excuse me, lady. Yes. Please put on a jumper. I can see yes. your shoulders. I'm aroused. How dare you um, flash your wrist in my general direction? <laughs> Pull your socks up, madam. Um, no, it was um, it was catalogues, like the underwear section of a catalogue, you know, because oh, I was okay. young yeah, yeah. and I was, you know, you're kind of finding your way at that point, aren't you? You know, your parents always had some sort of, I mean, I, that's what you lived like, the oh, I can't remember, Freeman's? Free, I'm going to go with Freeman. Um, sounds like it could have been a real thing. Um, catalogue, and that was probably it for me. It wasn't until I was back end of secondary school until there was one lad in the class that bought in a magazine called like men only or something like that and it was like that first introduction into a nudity such and like for years as a young kid i always thought that you know a, a lady's vagina was just a triangular patch of hair like that was it <laughs> there, was no, there was nothing else there that was kind of that was the extent of it it's like there we go that's all you've got so like you draw a picture and it'd be, that'd be that what you draw you know 
But um, but yeah, that was it really for me. It was kind of like a slow introduction from kind of like household catalogue into you know being available in a magazine from school, which was a big eye opener at that time, I guess. What about yourself? And that was that was kind of in your teens, was it? Yeah, late to, like mid 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 to late teens, so like fourteen, thirteen, fourteen, maybe. I guess, and then sort of back end of secondary school, so fifteen, sixteen, when the you know the lad bought that mag in, and that was um yeah that was it really that was the kind of mm. point where it went. I mean I was a late starter in life generally with girls and stuff. I mean, it wasn't I didn't meet anyone like my first girlfriend until I was in you know seventeen ish. So you know it's mm. wasn't a wasn't a a flurry of pornography sex and debauchery it was very slow so what about you what about what was your first flurry into the world of pornography well it's interesting i suppose when we were you know talking about the planning for this episode i started thinking about that and i guess it was you know i'm not that much younger than you um probably the same sort of age maybe a little bit younger so you know 10 11 you know you start getting the particularly back then, page three, you know, in the newspapers, they were the big thing. Oh, good, yeah. Um, and then you had, um, my, you know, my memories will be like, you know, being out with your mates or whatever and finding in a bush somebody's dumped a, a magazine of some sort. And, in fact, I think when we, we uh, interviewed Steve, we spoke about that. You know, he was the one that got collared yeah. with them in his locker. So um, <laughs> They weren't his governor. No, they really weren't his, apparently, allegedly. Um <laughs> So yeah, no, that was that was an eye opener finding finding magazines like that and uh, and seeing those. I think you know I don't know if it's the same for you, but we had that certainly when I was at school. We had that one friend whose dad had a uh, an absolute catalogue of uh, VHSs that they could be lent out at any time. Um, and you know who you are. I know you listen to this, so uh, have a have a chuckle at that one. Um, but that was legendary, right? So you know, but. Yeah. Funnily enough, you'd get you know these these videotapes would do the rounds at uh, at school, and uh, they always seem to be German. <laughs> yes, they were, all, they were always German, and they were you know not certainly not glamorized pornography like you would get today. An you know, awful these quality. Were, these were awful quality. You know, they the, the there wasn't that kind of shine and gloss that you get. In, in terms of, not that I watch a lot of pornography, I'd like to add right now, but, you know, there's a there's a level of, like, muscular men and, your, you know, your Barbie doll kind of women, whereas back then they were more like, you know, regular chubby blokes and, and women with uh, rather rather hairy uh, uh, lady parts. You know, I think... No, uh, no real production values, though, right? No, no, no. No, I mean, you know, I think... Uh, I think it's Jim Davidson refers to it as a stab wound in a gorilla's back. You know, that's... Uh, I love that. Just that's drives, I that's love his that analogy. Too. So, um, but but yeah, that was it back in those days. Um, you know, there was no internet. You know, that was that was much later in, in my life, you know, getting, getting internet and understanding what was available there. But again, I don't think it was readily as readily available as it is now. And we'll, we'll come on to that. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, interesting. That's, yeah. Interesting view on our lives there. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. If you yeah, didn't know that right. about us and you know who we are, now you know more about us. There you go. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so I guess we, you know, we aptly name this Only Lands, and so let's let's start there with a, a platform that is there 
today. So uh, it was launched in 2016, um, actually by a British uh, entrepreneur. Interesting. I didn't know that until we were doing our research. Um, it massively took off during the pandemic. So through those couple of years of COVID, um, if you look at uh, as of September 2021, the platform had over 130 million registered users and over 2 million content creators. The money is incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so, so for those of you that don't know, OnlyFans is a uh, an online service where uh, people can go on, they can create a, a an account where they share content with individuals, you know, and it's not all pornographic. There is some on there that aren't. Um, and, you know, there's normally a monthly subscription fee that comes with that. Um, on top of that, people have the opportunity to tip for content, um, and they also have the opportunity to pay for additional content so uh, as an example you know there might be a girl on there you really like you pay your i don't know 9.99 a month subscription fee and then they'll come along and go oh and i've just made this video and you can be the first person to see it if you send me 19.99 now you know so you do that and then you get access to the video um it's a very simple it's very simple concept when you think about it and i wonder how acceptable that would have been a decade ago because mm. it's just acceptable now isn't it that's just it like no one really batters an eyelid it's just it's there and you know there's no i don't think there was a was it last year there was a a petition to make a change to the platform where they were saying that they couldn't create content or certain things needed to be adhered to before they did it everyone thought they were going to shut down because of it and they're going to stop people mm. from presenting what they needed to um but ultimately there's very little rejection towards it it just kind of carries on ticks over and you know content creators male and female are making an absolute fortune off of um you know photos and videos just it's just beyond me it's a bit beyond me i just have i don't know because I, I guess the bit that always gets me is like you know like for me i'm not going to get my cock out take a picture put it on the internet and charge people money for it right i, I can't no, you do it for free even <laughs> i do yeah <laughs> so yeah there's a i've got has a whole website yeah no but you wouldn't right so just so you got like, the average person the average person wouldn't really understand the process of doing that I mean, it's same with pornography but i mean whilst we're talking about this wouldn't get it so you just wonder how the younger generation feel that that's acceptable i'm not saying it's not by the way i'm just saying how what where is where is protecting that side of you become less of a problem now and it's like well you know i've I've got a big you know strong abs and a decent tan so this guy sticks himself you know for everyone to subscribe to or a woman's got a big pair mm. of boobs or whatever she's got and she sticks her, because oh look you know i've noticed something that works for me so i'm going to do it and i'm not i'm not judging because i don't really care what people do um but it just makes me wonder at what point the atti the attitude changed, and it has right because you look at it over decade after decade. You go back. We joke at the beginning about oh, pull up your socks. I can see your ankles. You know, a hundred years ago that would have been a real thing. You know, that would have been absolutely terrible. And it, you know, pornography would have been a drawn card of a woman holding her leg up one inch above the the ankle. You're like, oh goodness me, oh, I'm all of a fluster. Um, and it's throughout the decades, throughout the years, it's become more acceptable as a normal thing. 
So I'll give you my my the, the James view of the world on this one, if you like, and you can feel free to shoot me down in flames. It's accessibility, so not just accessibility for the likes of you and I, as as you know, red blooded men that you know would potentially be interested in such content, but the accessibility of somebody uh, who wants to just pick a smartphone up, take some photos of themselves and post it on the internet, all from within the confines of their own home. So what you're saying, partially was easy. It's easy. You know, if you look at... Easy money. Um, you know, t- t- you know, re- reverse back 20 years ago, when you talk about the, the old, uh, you know, porn mags or uh, the, the tapes and stuff, they had a, a level of uh, professional cost involved, you know, these these uh, sex workers would have to go to professional photo shoots to take photos and have them then published in magazines. The magazines are the ones making the money, and they're just getting paid for the some you know percentage for the photos that are in there. This is, but they're also paying out for publication as well, though, because you know even even you know for a, from a perspective of somebody that's got a platform. So if you go if you're a publishing company that's got a magazine, it's going to cost you to print those magazines. It's going to cost you to build the content for them. It's going to cost you to put in articles in there because it wasn't just pictures, was it? It was the articles and advertisements that went in there as well. Mm. Now content content platforms don't even need to do that. They just need to provide a safe signing up process. <laughs> that's it. They're done. Absolutely. Walk away. There's no no real outlay. Well, there is because there's obviously a number of um, requirements they've got to adhere to, but still, mm. there's less than there there was, you know, publishing a magazine or whatever. So and now people are doing it off their own back. So definitely, definitely, um, you know, some of the studies that we've we've looked at, it tries to attribute the popularity of uh due to men feeling isolated or disconnected from society that they turn to platforms like OnlyFans to fill the void of emotional and physical intimacy in their lives. Hmm. I kind of guess that I kind of get get guess that's set a a sensible statement. Mm. I mean that <laughs> It depends what kind of person you are and, and whatnot, and and how. I'll say you can fill that void, you know. But there's a Sejanan floating around right there, <laughs> um, and how, yeah, in in that respect, because I mean, there must be an element of how you are feeling within your mental health state mm. that you look at and go, "Well, that's going to make me feel better to do that." That's why I'm going to do it because of you know, there's I've got nothing else physical going on, so I'm going to do this because again, it's that ability sitting at home to pick up a smartphone turn on your computer and have it straight away in right in front of you no effort required yeah, quick fix quick quick a quick adrenaline fix or a quick like, drug fix to make yourself feel like, a little bit better it is but unfortunately the the temporary relief of the loneliness can can then perpetrate into a cycle of isolation um, yeah I, interestingly yeah. if you look at again you know kind of the next layer of stats is uh Statistically, men are more likely to experience loneliness than women, with one in eight men reporting they felt lonely uh, to the Movember Foundation. Um, additionally, there was a survey, I mean, it's 2019, so it's a couple of years ago, by YouGov, found that 30% of men aged under 30 reported feeling lonely often or all the time. And that's only been exacerbated by, by COVID-19. 
Uh, it's got a lot to answer for, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So I guess you know the 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 flip side of that and the positive side of that is, you know, there are people out there that that struggle. Um, engaging in conversations with members of the opposite sex or uh, wouldn't feel comfortable in that environment, this gives them an opportunity to go and engage with somebody and have conversations. Um, you know, I I know a couple of people that do OnlyFans and make a lot of money out of it, but they're not out, they're not in it to rinse people, I suppose is the best phrase. You know, they have their monthly subscription paywall, um, but there is no further charges beyond that. And they're quite happy to sit there online chatting away to their fans all day and all evening. But that's interesting that you say that because I mean, we've been talking about what people get out of subscribing to something like this or, or do with it. But what about on the flip side of that? Those, the people that are actually creating content, like you just said there, they've got very little to get, to get out of it. You know, if you see it as a business, a lucrative business where somebody's, earning thousands of pounds a month. But if somebody's just comfortable to sit, I mean, not, how much time is there spent sitting there creating content or talking to people constantly and creating conversation? It's got to be exhausting. Uh, it's got to be exhausting, but I, I'm well aware of how much these people are earning. You know, if they've got a thousand, oh, thousand yeah. followers and they're charging a tenner a month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, you know? it's big money, isn't it? And, and I guess that is one of the, that is one of the drivers behind why people do it. That's why it becomes a thing because it, it is big money. It, and, you know, you look at factors, external factors now, like, you know, the cost of living and so on and so forth and, you know, any kind of real cost crisis or even if it's younger people that have already got themselves into debt as an easy way to get out of it, getting on the property ladder, all these sorts of things, is these are quick fixes for people to go and mm. earn that money and go and do that? I mean, even even declaring it to the tax man, you're still walking home with a pretty penny. Well, say you had a thousand followers and you were charging them a tenner a month each. That's ten grand, isn't it, a month? Yeah, yeah. And you're gonna you're gonna pay a subscription fee to OnlyFans for that. So even if you paid twenty percent of that to OnlyFans, it leaves you with eight grand a month. So you then pay I don't know fifty percent tax. Still four grand a month, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Is ridiculous for doing anything, and that's if, if you if that's if it's that that level of amount of people. I mean, you in reality, it's probably a lot higher. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say the person I know, I think they've got ten thousand followers. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Not worrying about their bank balance at night. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, that leads us on to kind of the next side of things, though. I mean, you've got you've got things like OnlyFans and you've got any of these platforms, but then you've got the, you know, pornography itself, you know, these, the, you know, the websites, that, again, you were talking about readily available. You can just go on the internet. You can just go type in the name of a porn site and you can get hundreds of thousands of videos for free, just in your lap. There you go. Boom. You know, that's, that's also got to have um, an effect on some people. I think Being it able has to have that um, readily available, you know. Well, it's it's you know it's interesting, isn't it? And I'm gonna I'm gonna call out one specifically. So, um, 
you know, there was a lot of media coverage around Pornhub, as an example. So during the pandemic, they took down all of their paywalls, didn't they? And they made it um, free for all. Yeah. Um, and they've never they've never put those back up again. Um, it's still the same. I think, you know, which is great for individuals that that might want to go and watch that kind of content, but it does have a knock-on effect, you know, for uh, particularly for young people going and watching that kind of content. Um, mm. And, you know, I know we were speaking about this the other evening. It's, you know, young person goes and watches a, some content on there and they think that's the right way to behave. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the, that's the problem, isn't it? It's like, this isn't, if, if you watch some of the stuff on these websites, they're not, that's not normal sex. That's not how you, especially if, like you say, you're starting out young, um, you know, it's a first experience and you've spent, you know, last couple of years watching some of the shit they've got on these websites and you decide that that's how you're going to engage your first sexual experience with somebody, you know, that could be, that could be quite damaging heavily damaging to to either you or the partner especially when it you know it doesn't actually get received too well and and i think that is a worry you're right exactly because it 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 could specifically create a very very damaged environment for young people growing up with sex definitely um i know there's some government legislation they're looking at at the moment around um putting some kind of formal ID check in place before allowing access to those sites, mm. uh, which may help um, unless you know no ways around before? it. You know. Yeah. Didn't they, didn't they talk about this before though? They were going to call, have them as triple X dot sites or something dot triple X rather than dot com. And then they were going to have them be able to be blocked by most ISP so that they could manage it better. I can't remember. There's something like that. I can't remember what they were going to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But let's face mm. it, right? Where there's a will, there's a way. You know, they keep trying to take Pirate Bay down. I know. Example, and the, the prob- know. And the problem is, I think, really, is you can try and block pornography as much as you want. You can try and stop it. But ultimately, the powers that be that sit there and go, yeah, yeah, we'll do this, we'll do that. The industry is so lucrative to those, A, within the industry, but also those creating that industry. So your big porn companies, your government, you know, own stuff that's involved in it that get pushbacks for certain things. There's got to be money, enough money to stop people from going, yeah, we're going to block that. Oh, yeah. It's a multi-million pound industry, isn't it? We all know there's like dodgy dodgy dealings going on the internet and dodgy dealings going on nearly any industry, but I would imagine that that's probably part of it because it's actually really easy to just go – if you're creating a pornography website, you've got to have an xxx.com and actually every single ISP is just going to block it unless you choose to unlock it. I mean, you could create that overnight, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, that's not tough. Could have been done by now. Could have been done last week. Could have been done whenever, but it hasn't. It hasn't because it creates money. So. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, but, but you know, for me, I mean, I, I've got no issue with pornography at all. No issue at all. I don't really see an issue with it. I think it depends what the, the content is. Everyone's got their own fetishes their own preferences their own likes and so on and so forth and i think there's probably a fine line between some of the stuff that's published within the more trusted sites so like yeah. see your porn hub and so on and so forth that are 
you know readily available and easy in front of everyone everyone has heard of it or knows about it so they they're probably better policed because they're more in the limelight um and that content on there can be you know quite enlightening you know quite, could be quite educational in some cases some might say <laughs> depend depends how you want to utilize it um but you've got to be careful that it doesn't span into the world of of you know um illegal or unacceptable i guess that's and i suppose that really depends what you're looking for but pornography there's nothing wrong with pornography providing it's policed properly um but again from a a mental health point of view people can become addicted to watching pornography oh no yeah exactly you've got people like wanking 50 times a day you know you're surprised the cock don't drop off and it it is (laughs) shit like that you know but it's true but it is true because people will get that addicted to it that it will be a a fundamental part of their day and become a routine and that does happen there was a documentary on it a few years back about a guy that um you know had absolutely no problem talking about the amount of time that he like threw one over his thumb in a day mm. but <clears throat> you know and, that, and that, that's probably where it's dangerous i mean imagine that if you're if that's what your addiction is and that's what you do you're not working right you're not yeah. out and about socializing you're not getting any kind of break on poor mental health you're just sitting at home tugging away and and you think well that can be that's going to be dangerous as well yeah that leads back to that so it's you know in terms of the the chemical balance in the brain it um it's that reward center uh from actually well i don't <laughs> let's be well when you when you're done there's certainly a reward <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> Well, yeah, but it is though. You're right. It is that, and it is. A, it's. I don't know. I just. It's. It's difficult because if you look at it from a lot of people's views, people will be like, "Oh, it's disgusting. Oh, it's poor. Oh, it's the privacy of your own home." Blah, blah, blah. But actually, I don't give a shit what people do. Yeah, I don't. I really couldn't give a shit. You know, their their bodies, their lives, their minds. They can do whatever they like. I just think it has to be done properly if you're going to. And I think if people want to watch porn or use porn in their relationships or whatever they want to do, then do it because, you know, it's, it's healthy. It can be healthy. It can be healthy and it can be, um, you know, quite, you know, important to two people to get involved in that, that kind of situation and, and, and grow their sex lives, you know, because let's be honest, right? Part of your relationship does get built around sex. You know, as to in, intimacy, love, sex—it's all there. Um, some people struggle, and sometimes this is a solution that they can use to increase it or improve it. And some people are having an awesome sex life, but just want to do a little bit more with it. And it's—that's where I said earlier on—it could be quite educational for certain people. Again, probably better managed by people that are a little bit more sexually experienced or older that can look mm. at a, a sex video on Pornhub and go. I know that's not real sex, but I kind of want to try that as opposed to, oh, I've just got to do it like that, you know, and gets his first girlfriend or gets her first one, just bashes away for 45 minutes and doesn't really get anywhere, you know, and that's, that, that's the, that's the view I mean, of it, isn't it? 45 it's, minutes, that's a bit ambitious. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Um, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> but it's, it's about rationalizing what it actually is there for, I think, isn't it? And the problem that you've got is, is the lines are easily blurred. And that's mm. where it becomes a problem because, because then you do get the addictions, you do get the, 
stresses and the worries and the concerns and then you obviously yeah. get and i think we were talking about this is the the pay stuff the stuff that people are paying for you know this is going down the roots of gambling again so the thing is you're becoming addicted so you're spending money you haven't got yeah and then absolutely. you become financially dependent on it and then that becomes a problem as well so there's there are there definitely are the two balances of the scales of any kind of um you know pornography Absolutely. Um, so I kind of want to move on to, you know, the, the other side of this, right? So um, I think I'm trying to think the best way of phrasing this, right? So, you know, I, I grew up working in London, right? I've been working in London for over 20 years now. And part of the natural social element of going out and about in London of an evening was ultimately probably ending up in some kind of strip club. Yep. Right. So I've, I've frequented most of the uh, strip clubs that are in and around London. Um, Dirt bag. Uh, okay, Mr. Innocent sitting there. Take, <laughs> take your halo off for a minute. <laughs> um, a lot of the time with your, your good self. With me, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's almost, you know, I, I look at that and I go, that's a normal part of a night out for me. Now, I don't see anything wrong in that. Um, and actually, something that's been quite an eye-opener for me was there's a, there's a great podcast uh, you can listen to called Strippers in the Attic. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the, the girls that run that, Buffy and Heaven, they're just brilliant because they give you some real insight into what goes on in a strip club. Um, and they cater for all sorts in there. You know, I think there's... You know, they, they, they sum it up quite nicely in one of their episodes where they talk about it's, you know, quite an inclusive space for people that can, can come along and just be themselves. You know, no matter what uh, disability you've got or things like that, you know, you've got, you're, you're going to be welcomed there. Um, and I kind of think that's similar to OnlyFans. Um, as long as you, like I say, you haven't got somebody that's out to, to rinse you for every penny you've got. And it probably works in both environments, right? I'm sure there's, you know, uh, sex workers that there's work extremes, strip yeah. clubs that are out yeah. to, to get as much out of people as they can. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Some people would sit there and go, "Oh, I'd never, I'd never go in a strip club." No, 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 that's that's disgusting. That's not for me. But but actually, I don't personally see anything wrong with that. Yeah, no, but that's but that's because it doesn't have to be seedy or shady or dodgy. That's the point, right? It only be, mm. it, that's a behaviour. It becomes seedy, shady, dodgy. If you go to a strip club um, and you go in there with the intention to be a sleaze bag and you know absolutely be completely lecherous and God knows what and be an absolute nightmare in there, you kind of that's where you kind of changing the the view of it. Mm. I, I think personally, because like I've said to you before, it's like we've we'll go into London, we'll go to the strip club, and we'll sit there and we'll sit and we'll have a drink like we would in a pub, and have a chat. And the difference is, is you've got a woman on stage doing the strip tease. That's yes. literally a distance, isn't it? Difference, and and yeah, you've got the um, possibility of one of the girls coming around and going, "Do you want a private dance?" Which you know, ultimately, we reject every time, pretty much. No, that's just how it is because yep. it's not what we're in there for. That's for us. It's it's just a nice environment. It's a bit different. Um, I don't I don't really see why it's it's so frowned upon. But then you do you go in there and you look at the guy that gets so close he needs a splash guard. You know he gets literally <laughs> and he's like you're like Jesus Christ. You know mate. It's like step back and and he's nine times at ten they're on their own. It's like 
Yeah. Well, again, but like like you said, all sorts of people will go in there for all sorts of reasons, and it will be so they can do whatever makes them feel happier. But yeah, so yeah, just I guess that some people just you know they've got their own reasons. If they've got you know like I said, if they're having a shit day, and that's what they go in there for because you know they you know they don't have much else to go home to, and they that's what they want to do and spend their money, then knock themselves out, right? It's not again, it's no judgment. It's just there are very different levels of why people will go to a strip club. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and you do see all sorts in there. You really do. You do, but you see a lot of women in there, right? That's the thing. It's like uh, people get quite help and go, oh, you know, oh, well, men going to strip clubs. Why well, you've been in there, there with actually, women. Exactly that, right? And then yeah. that's the thing. It's you, you sit there and you just go, it, it, stop looking at it very one-sided because of it's not just men that because people always assume it's men that just are in, you know, only interested in porn. You know what? Women, you're not innocent. You're not innocent at all in any way whatsoever. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, interesting uh, though. It is interesting. It is, it is. And then I guess from there, the the ultimate kind of stage, I guess, is, is getting into, you know, escorts and uh, not, not the cars, just like to add, <laughs> you know, um, but but yeah, I don't you know, think there are any of them about anymore, are there? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I was going to say proper sex workers. That's not really fair, is it? Because they're all sex workers in in one shape or form. But um, just these are, you know, what what historically would be called prostitutes, prostitution. You know, so uh, people selling their bodies physically to uh, members of the other sex. And again, you know, like I've said before, I mean, the, their body it's up to them what they do. It's got to be in a, I think it's got to be a safe environment for people and, and whatnot and so on and so forth, but each to their own again. If you if that's what you want to do, if people want to do that, that's fine. But again, the, I mean, the concern there is the cost, I suppose, really, isn't it? To the level of value of people getting addicted to that side of it could be even worse, couldn't it? Because that's hundreds and hundreds of pounds. That becomes a financial disaster for some people in some cases. Mm. Yeah, I agree. But, um so, so interesting. Here's a question for you: Do you think it should be legalized in this country? Um, honestly, like I've said before, I've always said that prostitution could be dealt with like a business. These people, it's their body, their ability to be able to do whatever they want, providing taxes are paid. There are specific sets of rules and regulations based around it. I don't really see why it's a problem because it doesn't really affect me. But I don't, I, I've not looked, in all honesty, the, the most important thing for me to say here is I've got no experience. So for this is if people are doing it, I don't understand what the risks are. I don't understand what the yep. risks of legalizing it would be. I, do, I don't, I've not thought about it. But in terms of, we know it happens, right? We know that it exists. So therefore, and it hasn't become a major problem. There hasn't been any major issues around it. Why would you not just legalise it? Well, it's certainly been legalised in other European countries, hasn't it? And well, exactly. There you go. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I my know. my take on it is, I think it should be legalised. Um, I think there's many things in this country that should be legalised because then you can put a level of control around it. You know, the whole time that things we, are yeah. illegal is they're open to exploitation more than uh, exactly being in legal control. 
Um, and that's kind of what I meant by saying you, you've got the right rules and regulations around it. It it makes it less of a problem, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah. Um, I mean, that goes on to the whole conversation of talking about drugs and stuff like that as well, doesn't it? You know, about legalizing those that people have always had that same opinion of if you were to legalize certain types of drugs, then people would be less likely to commit crime to get them. So there is a, mm. a level of argument. I'm not saying that that's a good thing to do, by the way. Just <laughs> quick, quick caveat. I'm just saying that there is some level of sense to the statement of legalizing certain things that are deemed illegal at the moment. Could mm. it could it make things easier and better if they're managed properly? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's maybe one for another day. We can we can delve into the the whole drug thing. Um, <laughs> not 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 literally, right? <laughs> no, no, not literally. No, we won't be. So so I just want to give you a bit of a laugh on this one. So when I was researching this episode, you know, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole around, uh, you know, sex workers. So it, it just again gobsmacking for the the age of the internet right so i remember as a kid going on a school trip into london and one of the things that amazed me back then was uh the cards that used to get stuck in telephone boxes <laughs> still there now well yeah but but probably not to the same degree right um no, no. you know ladies offering services ring this number for a good time you know with a, maybe a little picture that probably look nothing like the individual that's maybe a bit unfair but you know like a very stock image right um now there are websites you can go to where you can you know quite significantly detail what you are looking for from an uh you know a woman both physically and the services that are available and it within your area and it will narrow it all down nicely for you and present uh what's available now that that's fine because that's like I don't know it's equivalent of like yellow pages, right? Um, what then amazed <laughs> me is there are other websites where people leave reviews, right? So it's like trustatrader.com. dot <laughs> <laughs> right? wow. wow. And I mean, you know, I, I'd say researching this, I just went down this rabbit hole and got lost for hours reading reviews. And that's, it's that's just, quite it's interesting, just the really. Because, thing yeah, it, because you're talking about the illegal side of prostitution, yet that sounds more like it's more than open to, like, into people's face. You know, it's like saying, we know it's illegal, but here, by the way, we're going to show you all this and clearly prove to you that this stuff goes on. You just and go, well, how does that happen? Yeah. But that's interesting. Yeah. Yellow pages. <laughs> I tell you what, you need you need a wiki to work out what all the uh, analogies mean for the words that get <laughs> used. I tell you, very bizarre, very bizarre. Well, it's just it's the industry, isn't it? I guess it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, interesting, interesting. We do draw close to uh, the end of this episode, though. At the moment, we've done. I think we've probably done this to death today. But it is interesting. I don't know. I don't know what people's views are. If anyone's listening out there and they want to chime in on the whole conversation, feel free to, because it's beyond me. No. Like I say, it's um I always stick to the point of if it's everybody each to their own, as long as it's not hurting anyone. Like it's not I'm not I've got no interest in being judgmental about it, but then that's just us in general, I think, really. We don't tend to go down that 
route stuff. But no, no, no. The issue you know, I have doing with the it, research. No, that's absolutely fine. That's fine. I think you know the, the summary for me is the issue I have with it is people that get advantage taken of them. Oh, but I guess way, you've yeah, been yeah, in really. the industry, right? You know, be it a, a dodgy salesman that comes to your door to sell you a, a tarmac driveway, um, or somebody online that that catfishes you and takes you for all your money. Yeah, because I guess it does happen. And again, that's the the availability due to the internet, really, isn't it? Mm. You know, you pretty much, if anyone's going to try and do anything exploitative, it's going to be readily available them to, to them now, and the tools are there to make it easy. So, yeah, um, I think the only thing I'd just finish with, you know, as usual, we like to try and reference some of the support that's out there and available for people. Uh, you know, there is very limited support out there. Uh, specifically when it comes to addiction or mental health issues around these areas um, because there is still a big debate going on at the moment as to whether um, it is classified as a mental illness or not addiction to pornography. Um, There are companies out there or companies, charities out there that will support generally around these areas so we will put the usual links in the show notes to those that are able to help and assist. Um, I think whatever effect it has, isn't it, that there's going to be a charity that can help with the effect of it as opposed to the cause of it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Excellent. There we go. There we go. Right. So. uh... Sorry, say that again. Carry on. Um. So on oh we've got to uh, we've got to pull some gags out of the bag haven't we? I got one. Oh, of course you have. <laughs> on the <laughs> because this is very relevant today and makes sense. And I think I told you this the other day, but it made me laugh. Um, <clears throat> uh, filled the escort full of diesel the other day. She died. Oh my god! <laughs> and I I did get another joke. The other day, I have to wait till next week. I've got to find it, but it honestly, it was on um, one of those reels again, and I, I just absolutely loved it. But it, it's going to have to wait till next week. But it was, yeah, it was cracking. So you got to look forward to that one. But that one there is that's an old joke. I think it's a Gary Delaney joke, but it's um, made me laugh. Very good, very good. I think oh, on, on the flip side, that's where he also said. Sorry, he just went. Well, I remember it. He said, uh, "My neighbours made a porn video the other day. They don't know right. yet." Oh, God. <laughs> Come on, have you got one? Oh, right. So what does a 75-year-old have in between her breasts that a 25-year-old doesn't? I don't know, go on. Her navel. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, and one more for you. So sex is like a burrito. Don't unwrap all that baby's in your lap. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Right, on the next episode, we're going to talk about toxic masculinity. And, uh, you know, it's quite a prevalent subject at the moment, uh, particularly online, um, you know, and quite polarising with some uh, particular individuals, people like Andrew Tate that, uh, you know, are quite quite prevalent in the uh social media space so we're going to cover that off we're going to talk about some of the stats and statistics um i think from both sides we'll cover off you know the men's aspect and also you know women's aspect of it so uh 
look forward to seeing you on the next episode to uh, join us on that one excellent yeah looking forward to that one like you say lots of people talking about it at the moment on instagram tiktok any of the social platforms uh, interestingly and we'll talk about it a bit more in detail uh, in the next episode but uh, how many women are in support of toxic masculinity as well as opposed to the men the men uh, the male view on it as well so yeah looking forward to that hope everyone has a wonderful time um and we will speak to you on the next episode can get in touch at sedjournan at onthemend.org.uk or at Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at sedjournan or at onthemend on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you'd like to donate to the On The Mend charity, please feel free to buy us a coffee. The link can be found in our show notes. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will speak to you soon.